Hey, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Woodstock City Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download the Woodstock City Church app where you can access all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around Woodstock City Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. morning. Uh, Matt talked me up a little bit. I'm not as great as he cracked me up to be, but I am so excited to be with you this morning. Like he said, my name is Chelsea, and he told you a little bit about me, but I would love to get to know a little bit about you this morning. So first things first, this is what I need you to do. I need to hear, does anyone in the room know what this is? Can you shout it out for me? A label maker. Yes, thank you for playing along. Now, here's, here's how I'm going to find out who you are, okay? I need you to raise your hand if you see this label maker and you think, please let me get my hands on that. I am so excited. I love to label things. Where are those people in the room? Yeah, we've got a few. Okay. Now, if that's not you, I need you to raise your hand if you see the label maker and you think, no, thank you. I do not want to do that this weekend. Don't make me get near that thing. Yep, up in the front. Anybody else? That is me, 100 And no matter where you fall on the spectrum, how you feel about the label maker, if you have one in your house, I think we can all agree the label maker is one of the greatest inventions of our time. I mean, forget about smartphones, forget about cars that drive themselves. The label maker is unrivaled modern technology. In fact, in 2021, the New York Times put out an entire article telling us what label maker to buy. No joke, that is a real thing. While some of you were researching what Apple Watch or what drone you might get this year, the rest of us were looking at top of the line label makers. And here's why. In 2020, we all decided it was time to get organized. We might've had more time in our homes than ever before. And we got up close and personal with our junk drawers, with our pantries, with our garage. Now, some of you came out of 2020 with a garage looking something like this. Look at this beautiful garage. Okay, this garage belongs to my boss, Matt Hayes, who you just saw up here a minute ago. This is literally his garage. And when I saw this, I thought, are you kidding me? Like, who has the time to do all of this? He has five kids. Five kids. How do you have time with that many kids to do this to your garage? And how many labels did he use? Now, some of you came out of 2020 with a garage looking like that. Maybe you see that and you're like, oh man, my garage could blow that out of the water. But some of us came out of 2020 with a garage looking something more like this. Now, before you laugh, spoiler alert. This is my garage. Yeah, you knew it was coming. And we've got some really random things in there. We have an inflatable pool that we bought in 2020. It now has a hole, but we kept it anyways. Um, If you see at the top, we've got a deer head. I think my husband dug that out of a random dumpster somewhere. I don't even know where that came from. We have got some random stuff in there, but you know what we don't have in our garage? 
we don't have any labels. And I don't know if your garage looks like mine or if it looks like Matt's, but I can't help but think if I could take this label maker home, it would really help me with some things. Obviously, I'm not good at this labeling thing. You may not feel good like you're, you're good at it, but I have to admit there is something so satisfying about typing in a word, clicking that print button, and when that label pops out, it is beautiful. I mean, look at that. I have, it's not a real word, but that's okay. <laughs> I've typed a couple of things on there this morning. But then the end product, when you stick those labels in your pantry or in your garage, it makes everything more beautiful and orderly. Labels make things look good, but labels are also helpful. When you label the bins in your garage so you know where the beach towels are, that's helpful. When you label the containers in your pantries so you don't grab the salt when you're going for the sugar, that is helpful. Labels, they make things look better. And I don't know if you know this, but even if you don't have a label maker, if you don't love this, you label things. We all label things mentally. And the reason we do this is because labels are incredibly helpful. Labels create structure in our thoughts and in our lives. They help us simplify. They bring order and peace. And who doesn't want that? in their house or in their lives. Now, this tendency to label everything imaginable, it goes far beyond our container store obsessions. It's actually linked to a part of our brain. Now, I'm gonna ask you all to nerd out with me for a, minute, a few minutes, okay? You good? Can you do that with me? Because there is this really fancy scientific word that explains this part of our brain, and it's called the reticular activating system. Now, for my science people in the room, I'm gonna ask you to give me a lot of grace because I obviously work at a church and I've never even seen Gray's Anatomy, so me and brain science, we just don't really compute. But I have read about this and it is fascinating. The RAS is essentially a part of our brain that takes in the world around us and labels it. It's like that Matt Hayes garage. It takes everything in, it finds the right bin for it, puts it up on the shelf, and sticks a big label on it. Now let me give you an example of what this looks like in my brain. My brain has labeled some really specific songs throughout the years. Maybe yours has too. And when I hear this song, my brain labels it immediately. Awesome. Yeah, anybody know this song in the room? Anybody love this song in the room? Yeah, come on. Go dogs. That's right. I went to the University of Georgia, and the moment I roll into the classic city and I hear that fight song, I know I have reached holy ground. Yeah, you guys, you, hey, those are my Georgia people over there. Um, but there is another song, and when I hear this song, my brain labels it something else entirely. What? The Tennessee people.
people in here are louder. We can't have that, y'all. UGA people, you got to stand up next time. But hey, for me, who knew that two words, Rocky Top, could make a person feel so nauseous? <laughs> That's how our, la- our brain labels things. Good, bad. Awesome, not so awesome. Winners, losers. <laughs> now that I know where the Tennessee people are in the room, I'm like, I can't look over there, I feel bad. <laughs> but from the moment we're born, our brain It does this, it labels things, it categorizes things. It creates pathways that inform our perspective of the world, telling us how to think and how to feel and how to respond. Now, a little more science with the brain, don't don't tune me out yet. The more we see a pattern, the more we label it, and that's where the pathways come from. The first time I heard the UGA fight song, I didn't have a label for it. But after four glorious years of beating Tennessee, that label started to stick. It's kind of like when you drive home and you you get in your driveway and think, how in the world did I get here? I don't even remember the turns that I took. I I don't remember looking at the road, but somehow I made it. It's because over and over again, your brain has done the same thing. It's created a pattern, a pathway. Our brains are designed to label the world around us, to categorize and organize so that we can move through life efficiently. Now, maybe you're thinking, okay, why does any of this matter? Is this just a long sales pitch for label makers, or am I gonna have to sit through a science class for the rest of this message? I promise that you're not. But this tendency to label everything possible It's not all good. In fact, I think it creates a real problem for us. Our labels, they don't stop with our garage or our college allegiance. The problem is we also label people. We label our kids. We label our neighbors. We label that person that never stops posting on Facebook. And the labels sound different than the ones in our pantry, but they operate the same way in our brain. I mean, think about it. There's an entire portion of our high school yearbooks that are dedicated to these labels. We were all asked to vote, to give our classmates a label. And they sounded something like best dressed, most likely to succeed, cutest couple, class clown, most likely to show up late, to graduation. But those labels, they didn't stop in high school. And you know this is true because someone has labeled you along the way. Someone has said something to you or about you and effectively gave you a label. And maybe they sounded something like this, man, you are short. You're kind of a lot. You're not as athletic as your brother. You are always the bridesmaid. You're no fun. You're the life of the party. You're too much. You're not enough. You don't have what it takes. I'm sorry, but you're just not the right fit. When I was in high school, I was given a label. And as you can imagine, I was given a lot of labels. 
But there's one that sticks out for me that comes to mind when I think about this labeling idea. I got this anonymous message online the day after I went to a party that I definitely should not have been at. And I was in a season of my life where I was not making great decisions. In fact, I was making pretty bad decisions. I had some things going on in my home, and like many high schoolers, I would do anything to feel loved or accepted, to feel like I belonged somewhere. And I got this message right in the middle of that season of my life. It read, why did you even come to the party last night? No one wanted you there. And I was given a label. And that label stuck with me for over 10 years. To this day, I have no idea who wrote that label, but I have carried it with me nonetheless. When I walk into a room of people I don't know or don't feel comfortable with, this label looms over me, begging the question, am I wanted here? Am I welcome here? When I see that picture on Instagram of all my friends hanging out and somehow my invitation got lost in the mail, my brain says, remember, you're unwanted. They, they didn't want you there. I hesitate to take risks in my job or go after opportunities because I'm afraid that rejection will validate what I have already believed to be true. The words of a random person, they became a label for me, an incredibly sticky one. And that label has affected the way I show up in the world in more ways than I care to admit. We've all taken on labels throughout life. From the work that we do, or the way we score on the Enneagram, or the role that you play in your family. But we've also been given a lot of labels from the people around us. And we've struggled to get rid of them. But we all learned a saying when we were younger that would suggest otherwise, that would suggest that these labels don't matter. It sounded something like this. I need you to say it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's right. Now, I heard Gavin say this a few years ago in a way that made a lot more sense to me. He said, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will send me to counseling. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? That stuck with me, because he was right. And that's funny, but it is so true. How many people in this room can remember a word spoken to you or about you that hurt? These words spoken about us a lot, short, not athletic, unwanted. They have become labels we've put on and kept with us. And the scariest part is most of those labels, they're not even true. They're subjective. They're based completely in the opinions of other people. They're not even close to the truth about who you are. They are, in fact, lies. So, but what I'm learning about lies 
about the power of a lie is that a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were truth. If you believe any of these labels, any of these lies as if they are truth about who you are, they will absolutely affect your life as if they are true. So what do we do about this? What do we do with all of these lies, with all of these labels we've been given? I guess we just never listen to the voice of another person. I guess we tune out the haters, we put in earplugs, we don't let words affect us. But come on, I don't know about you, but that does not sound like a realistic solution to me. I don't know how to stop listening to people. I love people, I live with people, I work with people. But the good news is, I think, I think that there's another way. In the pages of our New Testament, we have a lot of writings from a guy named Paul. And Elaine told us a little bit about Paul last week, but Paul was one of the most fundamental people in spreading the story of Jesus in the early first century. He was one of the most fundamental people in building up the church. But Paul was well acquainted with what it was like to be given a label that was hard to shake. In the pages of our Bible, Paul is labeled a persecutor of Christians, a murderer of Christians, a destroyer of the church. And where we're gonna pick up the story, Paul is actually writing to one of those churches. He's encouraging one of those churches far later in his life after he's encountered Jesus and been changed forever. Paul's writing to the church in Colossae and he has something really important to say about the labels that they've been wearing. He said, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Paul is saying, hey, look, when you decided to follow Jesus, you took off the old self. All of those old labels that you've been identified with, they were gone because you were given a new self. You got to shed all of those labels, all of the labels that people have tried to put on you. He goes on to say, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. What he's effectively saying is in Jesus, there are no more man-made labels. All of those labels are stripped away. In Colossae, the labels sounded like Jew or Gentile, slave or free, but for us, they sound like poor or wealthy, successful or failure, beautiful or ugly, to which Paul would say, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. Those are no longer your labels. When you put your faith in Christ, they were stripped away and you were given a brand new set of labels. You're no longer defined by any of these. You actually are being renewed. And that's the word that I want us to walk away with today. That's 
the word that I want to hang out on for a minute is the word renewed, because I think it could be the key to this entire label thing. There's a lot in our Bible about the word renewed, but there's one passage in particular that's really famous and is also written by Paul to another church, to the church in Rome. Maybe you've heard it before, but I want you to hear it with fresh eyes today. This is what Paul said to the Romans about renewal. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul is telling us that we don't have to conform to the pattern of this world. We don't even have to conform to the patterns that have been created in our mind. He's saying you actually have the ability to be transformed, to be renewed, to renew your way of thinking, to renew your labels. And what's crazy is that scientists have proven this to be true. Our brains are physically capable of being rewired. We can do that. But Paul suggests that we do that by allowing God to renew us, by allowing God to replace these labels, by allowing God to renew our identity. And when we do that, something really incredible happens. Paul tells us through his own life and through these letters that we have an option. We can continue to give power to all of these labels. We can continue to look to those labels when we answer the question, who are you? We could do that. Or we can trade in all those old labels and take on the new. We can actively choose to renew our minds. Trading those labels all of those labels given to us by the people around us for the new labels that God has given. So maybe today you're wondering, well, what are those labels? I could tell you some of my old labels, but what are the new labels? What has God said? Paul finished his letter to the Colossians with this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Paul is saying, hey, God has given you some incredible labels. God has labeled you chosen. Intentionally set apart. Wanted, pursued, sought after. God has labeled you holy. When he looks at you, he sees someone who is blameless, justified, pure, worthy. And God, God has labeled you loved. Dearly, dearly loved. The object of his affection, his child and his creation. You are his beloved. In your whole life, people have been trying to label you. Maybe you didn't know you weren't supposed to accept those labels, or maybe they were just too hard to resist. But here's what I'd argue. 
The one who created you is the only one who deserves to label you. The one who created you is the only one who deserves to label you. And this is a big deal because people are not gonna stop labeling you. We know that. We are all too good at giving labels. We've all got a stack of labels in our back pocket and a Sharpie at the ready. But the good news is, you don't have to wear every label that is offered to you. You have a say in which labels you are going to allow to define who you are. And if you're gonna take on any labels at all, wouldn't it make sense that you would take the ones from the one who created you? If you're gonna give power to any labels, if you're gonna look to any labels when answering the question, who are you, wouldn't it be logical that they would come from the God who knew you before you ever came to be? No one would allow me to label this dress. I don't know if you guys know, but every piece of clothing has a label in it, and I found out this week not everybody knows that. No one would allow me to label this dress. No one would expect me to know how much cotton or how much polyester is in it. No one would expect me to know how to wash or dry it because I did not create this dress. The creator of this dress knows exactly what it's made of and exactly how to take care of it. And the same is true with God. His labels for you are the only ones that hold water. They're the only ones that are based in absolute truth. Some of you might think, hey, this would have been really helpful to know when I was in middle school or when I was in college or even in my job last week, but here I am now. I've got all these old labels and I appreciate that I'm chosen and holy and loved, but how do I actually believe that? How do I actually put my identity in the labels God has given because it just doesn't feel that easy. And I would say, I think there's two simple steps. You remove the lies and replace them with truth. All of those lies that were on this dress originally, you peel them up day by day and you replace them with the truth of what God has said. This is the essence of renewal. Even the labels that feel good, that you're the best, that you're the life of the party, that you're gifted, even if we put our identity in those labels, they will only lead to destruction. Any label, any identity that is found outside of Jesus, it will fall short. It will leave us empty it will be insufficient and unfulfilling. Day by day, you remove those lies and replace them with what God has said about you, that you are chosen, holy, and loved. With God's help, you can literally rewire your brain. You can change your patterns and your pathways of thinking. But this takes repetition In the same way those pathways weren't created in a day, they don't change in a day. So every morning when you wake up, or when you're sitting in the car rider line for far too long, 
Or when you're on your way home from work after a long, hard day, you actively choose to remove those lies, to replace them with truth day after day after day until you move it from your head to your heart and believe it. So here's what I would like to do today if you would be willing to do this with me. I would like to start this process of renewal. But here's what I know is true is you cannot replace what you do not define. And so here's what I'm gonna ask of you. I want you to define one label today. Just one. One label that was given to you by someone that you've been carrying around for far too long. One label that maybe today you're ready to let go of. When you walked in this morning, you might have seen a label and a Sharpie on your chair and you thought, oh no, what are we doing? I don't wanna play along. Well, you're going to. That's where this happens. I'm gonna ask you to actually write it down to be courageous, and to put words to whatever that label is that maybe has been bubbling up in your mind for the last 20 minutes. And Clay is gonna come back up and sing a song over you. And as he does that, I want you to imagine what would your life look like if today was the day you left that label behind? How would your life look different If you walked out of this building and that label never came with you again, how would your marriage look different? How would you date? How would you parent if that label was no longer the label that defines you? People are gonna continue to give us labels and we're gonna be tempted to continue to look to those labels as we answer the question, who are you? But I believe that today, one of the most important questions you could answer is who does God say you are?
what I want to know. Are you ready to replace that label? Are you ready to let go of that word that you've carried for a long time and, and it's time to put it down? Maybe you haven't decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you're really unsure of all of this and that's okay. I imagine you have been given a label that you're ready to let go of too. We all have. And so today, I want you to do that. Before you leave this building, I'm gonna ask you to leave that label behind. When you walk out to the parking lot on your right, you'll see the series art on the wall. And I want you to leave that label right there, forever. And then this week, as you go to work, as you meet with friends, 
as you have discussions with your family and that, that label wants to come back, I want you to remember, no, that's not the one anymore. You have been given new labels. And this week I want you to take them on as your badge of identity forever. So when you leave, do that. I promise we're not looking over your shoulder, we're not cross-checking who's wrote and what, but it's an opportunity for you to take a stand and decide which labels are going to have power over you. Because if you put your faith in Jesus, These are the only labels that matter anymore. I'd love to pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that because of you, those old labels have no say in who we are. God, we thank you that you have given us brand new labels, that you have called us chosen holy and loved. We didn't deserve any of those, but you gave them to us anyways. And God, what a gift. So would you help us believe that this week? God, would you help us remember those labels you've spoken over us? Would you renew our minds? Would you renew our thoughts, God? Because we can't do it alone. We need your help. And we thank you that you are a God that doesn't leave us alone, that you will come right alongside us each and every day. It's in your name I pray, amen.